Talcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Talcast. It's been a bit, but I'm stoked to be putting another episode out there into the universe. Um, this one is with my good friend, Truman Florence. Um, we kind of introduced him on the air, so I don't need to go into too much detail, but he's awesome. Super great conversation. Thanks to those who are subscribing to the Patreon. I'll put the link to the Patreon and to my music in the show notes. Also, I'm going to put a link to Truman's mom's podcast because he does reference it in the course of this hour-long conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you. Truman, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Um, it's a rainy day out in New York City. It is. It's very wet. It's very wet. Um, so, Truman, you and I sort of go way back. <laughs> kind of. Like, we had a class together. We both went to BYU and studied advertising. Mm-hmm. So I knew you from one class, but it was like... It was brief, right? Mm-hmm. It was very, like, it was a good time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then we reconnected out here in the city because we go to the same church congregation. And I had seen you in the hall of the Lincoln Square building, which is, like, further down in Manhattan. And now we hang out. And yeah. we're, like, we're like married couple friends. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> which is a new space for McCall and I. So we just got married. Yes. But you guys have been awesome. Um, you and Katie have been awesome to hang out with. What do you want the listeners to know about you? Um, I'm 5'9". Okay. Maybe. I, I don't know. What do I look That's like? That's a good... Like? <laughs> yeah, just describe the, yourself. Visual descriptors. Yeah, I'm, I have my... My hair's like past my shoulders. So you that's, do have great hair. That's... um uh, That might surprise some people. Um, I'm jealous of your hair. I'm, oh, really? Thank so you. I actually... Not to make it about me, but... Please. Let's just delve into... Um, I got a hair transplant... Really? Yeah. So I was started losing my hair, like, I swear I started noticing it in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm a total head case about everything. Uh-huh. But so I think I, like, I finally, like, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, but anyway, so I, I appear to have a full head of hair, but it's, like, sort of, it's my hair, but it's a transplanted situation. I'm so curious about this. Yeah. I mean, well, we, no, we, we can talking, talk about it. I mean, that's, I just, like, so whenever I've I. Wondered. I've always wondered about this. I'm never, like, jealous in, like, an angry way, but whenever I see someone that just has, like, long, flowing locks, I'm like, dude, I wish. Because I've always wanted to be, like, you know, like, long hair, like, Kurt Cobain, Mm. rock-looking dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I just, I can't anymore. Yeah. So. No, that's, um, I had a roommate who's still a good friend, um, and, uh, yeah, he, he had, like, super curly, like, blonde hair, like, curly, curly, curly blonde hair. Okay. Um, and, uh. And it started going, I think when he was like, he was like freshman sophomore year of college, and um, he ended up just shaving his head around like twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, it was tragic. So we lived with him and his little brother who had the same problem. Mm-hmm. So they had both shaved their heads, and then I lived with my brother who we both had long hair at the time, mm-hmm. and it was just this like, <laughs> like he's. Did they just look at you with the so much just jealousy? I mean, so Jeff, the younger one, he's just, he's like whatever. But then Mike is a, uh, he's just like he's so funny and like. He, shout out he, to Mike. He, yeah, sh- shout out to Mike. Mike Jones. I knew him as Mikey at the time, but he goes by Mike now, which is cool. Um, he's entered into a professional phase of his life. Continues. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, he was just always funny about it. Like I don't know, he's always cracking jokes. So he's he's pretty cool about it. That's good. But anyways, it's funny because I've wondered about transplanting hair from my neck Yo, to, okay. like, the sides of my face. Okay. I don't know if you can see, like, if it's... Yeah, you can kind of see. So, like, my 
goatee area mm-hmm. is like very thick. Okay. And like you can see the shadow. Yeah, yeah. Right? I can see it for I'm sure. On like I'm like a day or two of not shaving, right? Yeah. But then on the sides, it's like pretty. It's like it is a little bit lighter the hair, but I think it's mostly that it's thinner. And Got it. I'm not like I'm not like patchy. It's just thin. Yeah, yeah. So if I try to grow out a beard, what ends up happening is I have mostly a goatee, and I can do like a, a gross neck beard. Got it. Um, but then the sides are pr- like just these little areas. Like even and the sideburns have come in a little bit more too. Okay. But this is just kind of thinnish. When did the sideburns come in? Um, I mean, they've just like slowly trickled. Like a hair every six months gets added. Yeah. On either side, maybe. I don't. Because <laughs> I mean. I think it works for you. I mean, I've never seen you with, like, the full grown-out thing, but yeah. you got, like, the kind of, like, Johnny Depp-looking, like, mm. special goatee thing going on mm. with the long hair. Yeah, see, I just wish my brother has... He's he got, has, like, the thick He has the cheeks. five o'clock shadow, and it yeah. always looks so good. That, and I just, like, hate shading. Yeah. And I don't personally love the look of how I look with two, three days scruff because okay. of it being thicker. In Like, it, I feel like my skin is, like, looks gray. Around, like, my goatee, you know what I'm saying? I got it. So you're, like, yeah, I mean, I think we all would want... I get, a, like, a little bit of patchiness in the cheeks, for Which sure. You would never notice. It looks very good. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like the facial hair thing's interesting. I've seen... I actually saw a video of someone getting a, a hair transplant onto their head from their neck. Mm. It was, like, a super, super hairy dude who, like... You know the dudes who have, like, their beard starts, like, right below their <laughs> That's eyes? That's my dad, like, yeah. Like, Wolverine status. <laughs> like, yeah. uh... Yeah, I saw a video of a guy who he got, like, a bunch of his neck beard transplanted onto his head, and he, like, couldn't grow it out because it's, like, um, it's just, like, a different consistency of hair. interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fascinating. But it still looked like he had kind of, like, probably, like, an inch of hair or something on his head, and it looked good. Well, I don't know. That's fascinating. It is. Where did you, where did you transplant your hair from? I'm curious. So just the sides of my head. Oh, okay. So they do, like... They used to do back in the day, they would take like a strip of your scalp from the back. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No way. That's gnarly. It's gnarly. And just they... like hot glue it on there. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's like sod. You know? <laughs> no, it's not. But so they used to do that and then they changed this technique. There's like a slightly different name for it, but it's basically like they take like one follicle at Individual, a time. right? Yeah. So like... Wow. They like har- they call it like harvesting. <laughs> so they like harvest so it, great. yeah, and then they like put it on top, and that way there's like scarring, but mm-hmm. it's like tiny little like pinprick scars, uh-huh. and it's scattered around the sides, so, like you can't right. see it and once your hair, your like, hair goes so back. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, so do you have to like shave your hair down to do it? Um, when they do it, you do. Okay. And then like you can grow. I mean, the thing is, like, my hair just doesn't, like, look super great long. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have, like, a... I don't know. It's just kind of, like, wiry. Yeah. But, you know, in the next life, I'll get it all back, and it'll be all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Totally. But anyway, I just made this about me in a big way. No. I, but uh, <laughs> you're, you're the actual podcast guest. I've always guest. about that, so that's cool. Yeah. And power to you for just doing it instead of, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, just, like, general beauty... Like, self-image stuff is really fascinating to me because on the one hand, you know, you want, like, oh, yeah, like, you should be comfortable with yourself, like, love your body, love all of that. And, like, my wife's done a lot of work with eating disorders. Yeah. Which a lot of the route is around, like, just specifically, like, image, body image. Yeah. Um, But then also, like, I don't know, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, like, transplanting hair or 
like I don't know, like going getting a tan or I don't know, like different things that. But it, it's like a catch twenty two because you don't want people to be doing that out of a sense of a need to like please other people. Yeah. But if it's about like what you want, um, yeah. So it anyways. is weird. It's a weird like balancing act because it, yeah, that's yeah. I that's feel it. like. Like, I don't know. I, I hear people say things like they're like, I don't dress for other people. Uh-huh. And it's like, you do, though. Yeah. Like, it's weird because yeah. obviously there's, like, an inner confidence that comes from, like, feeling good about yourself and, like, how mm-hmm. you look or whatever. But part of that is the feedback of, like, interacting with other people. 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it is a weird balance, and it's like, where do you draw the line? Because, I mean, I've taught... I mean, I think in the past I probably would have been like more of a purist about it but it's like especially here in America like we straighten our teeth you know mm-hmm. what I mean we yeah. like we do these things to look like air quotes decent and like presentable yeah but then it's like where does it cross into the like yeah dysmorphia like kind of weird like yeah. monster face looking plastic surgery stuff cause yeah. like we've all we've seen that yeah right yeah so. well I think it's funny when like Either, like, somebody will get super famous, and then all of a sudden they'll get, like, pretty. And everybody, like, everybody notices and yeah. talks about it, and they're like, oh, like, look at all the work they had done. Um, which is, like, ironic, you know? It's just, it's just funny. Yeah. Like, and even when the work is, like, good, it's well done. Like, if you've never seen them before, you wouldn't know. It's just, it's, like, funny to me. I don't know. Because it's, like, so much of it is, is about, like, an outward perception, but then it's like, okay, but that comes with, like... Yeah, the fact that, like, everybody knows yeah. that you, like, changed yourself. For sure. For something else. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've seen, like, memes where it shows a picture of, like, I don't know, the Kardashians or something, and it's like, you know, you're not ugly, you're just poor. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty dark when <laughs> yeah. you think about it. it is. But, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Think about beauty being exclusive to, not exclusive, but, like, more accessible to the rich. I mean, what isn't more accessible to the rich? Yeah. Yeah. Some people might say happiness, but I don't know. I don't know. Do you feel like do you feel like money buys happiness? Uh it doesn't buy happiness, but it definitely I mean this is a roundabout way of saying that it does buy happiness. I feel like it's it's easier to establish like an emotional baseline, you know? Yeah. Just because of like hierarchy of needs. Like you can you can find moments to be happy, um and like happiness takes the same amount of work I guess to like find happiness and be happy. Um, but like if you play your cards right I think money can make it a lot easier to like um, to focus on the happiness you know yeah uh, it's especially like as it relates to like having a family other people that are dependent on you cause I don't know it's one thing to just be like happy yourself you know and to like find happiness in like shitty scenarios and right be good um, but it's another thing when you're like oh yeah like I have, like, a kid who depends on me. And you're like, okay, kid, like, find happiness in this, yeah. you know, kind Baby. of crappy. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, like, our apartment isn't super great. And, like, you know, I don't know, the kids in your school are mean to you. But, like, you can find ways to be happy. And it's like, yeah, you can. But also, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not like getting a nicer apartment or getting a better school instantly makes you happy. But it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's easier to maybe folks and other things it's yeah. very nuanced i would say it's super nuanced and i mean i wouldn't know what it's like to be like mega rich or or really just rich at all but i think that like 
the aspect that people often ignore, I think, when they talk, because, I don't know, we throw around, like, money doesn't buy happiness all the time. Like, mm-hmm. anyone would say that, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. But when you're stuck in a state, like, an emotional state of... I don't know if, like, terror is the right word, but you're, like, wondering where your next meal is coming from. Yeah, the stress, right? Like, I feel like that kind of, like, underlying emotional baseline just, like, drips into everything else. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a less... Because, totally. I don't know, there's, like, a peace of mind at some point, and then from there it's, like, a diminishing returns thing, or so yeah. I'm told. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Um, what do you feel like, for you personally, what are the greatest sources of happiness no right answers oof um I, I feel like it's funny my wife and I've been talking about like we've been married for a year now and when you f- I feel like when you're dating when you get engaged even when you're first married you kind of want to be together all the time and do everything all together I mean that's why you get married right because you're like yeah we just want to literally be with each other like all the time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we started to feel like some dissonance, and we were, but it was like we weren't able to identify what it was. And we kind of realized, like, oh, we still want to be together, like, all the time. But additionally, like, we also, like, we both, like, you know, we need just, like, moments where we're just doing our own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been talking about, um, I got a Nintendo Switch recently, first video game console in my life, so it's very exciting. And yep. I've been playing Breath of the Wild. Nice. And there's, like, the main quest, and then there's, like, the side quests. Yeah. Right? Um, And so now we have this funny dialogue where we'll talk about, like, going on quests and side quests, where it's, like, like, today I was, like, oh, I'm going to go on a bike ride in the morning, right, before it gets too rainy. And then on my bike ride, I, like, ran into a group of people that were playing pickleball in the park, and they had, like, a whole bunch of extra paddles they were looking for people to play, and I was, like, hey, I'm going to, I text her, I was, like, I'm just going to play pickleball with these old people. She's, like, working homework, I'm, like, so I don't know when I'll be back. And she's like, oh, fun side quest. That's awesome. <laughs> and I yeah. feel like the, the, in the moments when I'm, like, side questing, like, when I'm just, like, walking through the park, I'm just, like, like even, like, sitting on the subway, like, just, like, buying myself, like, a random pastry, there can be these, like, little moments that are, like, intensely happy. They usually happen around being outside. Like, it's usually, like, a leaf or something that I notice about the skyline or a setting or whatever that's really satisfying and makes me really happy um and then the other one I would say is interactions with people will just like randomly make you really happy yeah um the other day I was walking to work and I passed this like huge line of little little kids who are like already cute if they just stood there but then they're all like squawking at the construction guy who's walking by and waving at him and then the bus pulls up and they're like it's a bus and their teacher's like, should we sing the bus song, the bus driver? And the kids just, like, snap into this, like, happy bus song. And I was just like, wow, that's uh, great. That's amazing. That's and I was, like, I was grinning the whole way to work, you know? Um, so those are, like, I don't know, those are, like, the most easily identifiable, I feel like. But then, like, you know, there's definitely, like, I get, like, happiness from from connections and relationships and, like, I don't know, like, having a really good conversation with someone, like, really unearthing something feeling like I'm learning something new oh and I should say like in the theater I feel pretty intense happiness in the theater sometimes in a good show um and you've done like stage acting Mm -hmm. and so do you feel like you're happiest as a viewer or a performer goes both ways like as a performer what's interesting is you do it so many times and so there'll be like moments in the show that will hit different on different nights 
Okay. Um, but then as a viewer, um, for me, it's usually if a story has like a, I mean, if it's a fun show, if there's funny stuff, it's when the jokes are really good. And if it's a, a show that's like, makes you think a little, it usually comes towards the end, towards the reveal. There's one show I can remember seeing in the, we're at the Edinburgh Festival in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And they do, it's like the Fringe Festival, so there's like 300 different productions happening all over the course of like a month. Um, just like crazy. And one of them that we saw is called The Nature of Forgetting. And it was like pretty minimal dialogue. It was a mostly movement piece. Um, and it's pretty slow. It's about like Alzheimer's, this guy with Alzheimer's, and like kind of him dipping in and out of memories. Okay. But they ended up capturing so well the like the struggle that these people might feel to like retain their memories. Um, and there's a moment I don't know if it'll make any sense trying to describe it, but where he's um he's like in a memory and things are like the different people in the memory have like stopped moving and then they like begin to drip away mm-hmm. and he like pulls them and props them back up. But then someone on the other side of the room starts to drip and he's pulling them up. And and it gets more and more frantic and like pieces of his memory are like being like ripped away and like flying out and he's kind of running around the, the room on this little square stage trying to like maintain things and they had a percussionist who was like adding some music that was kind of like Coldplay esque background just building mm-hmm. and uh and it ended like it like builds and builds and builds to him just sprinting and like looked like he was sprinting he was, you know miming he was sprinting in place on stage looked like he was just sprinting um and then like suddenly like stopped in his back in his little closet where he was like he, it was like the idea was he kept picking up different pieces of clothing and like just bringing him back to things and I remember like the feeling in that moment like I was just like ugly crying mm-hmm. so many tears but I felt like it wasn't it wasn't like it was like I would describe it as happiness. I think it was like this intense connection that I felt, you know. I love that, yeah. And I think it's like we like chase that intense connection. It's like we feel that with partners, we feel that with like people that we work with sometimes in a profession that we're really passionate about. Um, so yeah, moments like that, like in, in the show where it's like you feel that you feel connected. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I mean. I'm obsessed with connecting with any form of art. I mean, obviously, like, music's my thing, right? And so that's probably the place where I've found the most intense connection. But I feel like I, like, I would agree with... I just live for those moments where... I don't know if... I, like, can't figure out if it's escapism or not. Mm -hmm. I have this internal debate with myself. I can't figure out if, like, wanting to connect with art is an escapist thing or not. But I feel like I I lean towards it not being. Because I feel like um, I'm, like, the most myself when I'm just connecting with something that I find, like, super compelling. Yeah. Um, And it's not really, like, a disappearing act where I'm, like, oh, this is, like, I'm just, like, disappearing into, like, a dopamine experience. But it's more, like... I'm just resonating with this thing and connecting with this thing and it's almost like time doesn't really exist, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I've hit some of those really cool kind of transcendental states Mm -hmm. or or what I've heard is described as a transcendental state. Like that's how I see it is when I'm connecting with art, whether it's like as a performer or a listener or a viewer, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. But, um... 
do you feel like first of all that play sounds like it was amazing do you feel because obviously you know hopefully neither of us have alzheimer's right now yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like do you ever feel like you're um like frantically trying to grab on to memories and like hold them close Hmm. or do you feel pretty present in your day-to-day uh that's an interesting question I, I always feel like I've had kind of a, a poor memory, interestingly enough. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll... Sometimes I'll remember something that I haven't thought of in, like, years. And I'll feel a little bit of that, what you're describing, that desperation. Because I, I like, recognize that, like, oh, like, I... Maybe I almost forgot that. And then I, I start thinking about what else am I not remembering or thinking about. Yeah. Um, and it kind of like messes with me and I like kind of panic a little and then I google like how to strengthen your memory and like <laughs> yeah buy some carrots and like <laughs> yeah start um, juicing yeah exactly um yeah I like what you were saying earlier about like resonance I feel like what that, do you like about it like, just that, that I mean I can for lack of a better word resonate I, like I that word makes a lot of sense to me in terms of Art. I mean, this happens more than anything with music. I mean, I guess theater, that's another great way to describe it. But, like, like just today I was listening to Welcome to the Black Parade. Oh, I love that record. I could talk about that record for hours. It's a phenomenal record. And yeah. I, until, like, two months ago, I had never listened to anything more than I Don't Love You and Welcome to the Black Parade. Dude, that's so fun. You're, I know. like, discovering it for I the know. first time. I'm so jealous. Dude, it's amazing. Yeah. I've been discovering, like, all these great all this great music because that's awesome my family like you know my parents were very like um you know we were like the model family mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways and part of that religious upbringing that we came up with was there were really specific um standards that we were you know meant to keep and my parents took that very seriously um with music and everything and so and like my mom too like language or like dark content aside, mm-hmm. a lot of the grunge stuff, I think my mom just didn't like because it, it wasn't positive. And yeah, like, she's very like big on positivity. You make your happiness. Um, she actually has this like model that she's created called Play Theory. Happiness is a skill. Okay. She has her own podcast and everything. Whoa. Okay. So, well, let's plug the podcast. I'll put a link to it or something. Yeah, it's called the Happiness Playbook. Okay. Um, if you want to check it out, it's kind of fun. And not to derail your thought, though. Keep going. All good. Um, so, anyways, I just and at the time in high school, I was like pretty. I was pretty like squeaky clean, like happy go lucky. Like I don't think I even would have really been interested in it. Got it. Um. But man, yeah, I've been like just like blowing through all of it, and it's been so good. Yeah. <laughs> And it, I've been wondering a lot about like why do why like why does this like angsty angsty energy like feel so good? Mm-hmm. Um, like the song "Weightless" um, has been one that like is constantly playing, and uh, and and I'm like, do I like feel like that? Like, am I having these feelings and I'm just not confronting them? Like, um, and like exploring that. But anyways, yeah, talking about "Welcome Black Parade," like that album talks about like a very specific experience that's very like like I've never no one really close to me has like died from and especially from something terminal like probably the closest things I had an aunt who passed away from cancer when I was like nine mm-hmm. and we weren't even it's not like we were that close you know I just 
kind of knew her. It's like kind of tangential experience versus yeah. like someone really close to you passing away. Yeah, but that album is like so good. Um, and like love listening to uh, like the song Cancer. Just just like so it's like yeah, and like why like why do we why are we drawn to that? You know, like like why do I why does it feel good to like sit in and I think that album does it really well, like sit in another person's experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he says at the beginning, like you know, if you look in the if you look in the mirror, you don't like it to see. You can find out firsthand what it's like to be me. Yeah. Um. You know, for like kind of setting it up and, um. Yeah. Another another example is like the band uh, Snail Mail. Snail Mail. Yeah, I love Snail Mail. So and like that energy, it's like this like pining like, longing like the guy's never gonna want me because I'm not the blonde girl like I'm just me and I think I'm cool but I don't get why you don't like that I feel like that bleeds into so much of their music and I like mm-hmm. love it so much and I'm like yeah. like why you know cause I'm like I like love Katie happy in that relationship there's not anybody that I am longing for like I don't feel like there's things in my life that I'm like wishing that I had you know like I'm pretty content with like where my life is going right now and the experiences that we're having um, but it's like, why do we, why do we like love to like dive into those things, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I don't have an answer, but I've thought a ton about that. So I'm great that I'm grateful that you brought that up. Cause I feel like there's so many different types of air quotes, dark music yeah. that I've listened to. Yeah. And, you know, there are like definitely lines that I draw for myself like there are like black metal bands who like have like one of the members has murdered someone and they're like celebrating that Whoa. and that's like <laughs> you know that's it's I don't <laughs> yeah like I don't want to be near that you know what yeah. I mean but then yeah. there's there's like a, a record like welcome to the black parade where you know it's a concept album about death and like the afterlife and like there's the song mama on that album which yeah. is amazing super dark and it's like you know a confrontation between a child and a parent where the child just is an utter like disappointment or that's what I, I get from it yeah. I'm just it's all this is all my interpretation but like I think personally it's super healthy to explore those parts of yourself you know because mm-hmm. I feel like I have like a pretty sad like depressed angsty side to myself mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm not I can't... The other side of the coin gets numbed as well if I don't really acknowledge that ever. Yeah. You know? Feel the breath of your emotions. Yeah. That being said, I guess maybe it comes back to balance, but I don't think it's ideal to be, like... To kind of build a personality based off that and, like, just only sit in that and be, like, kind of resigned to just, like, misery and sadness. Yeah. I don't think that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um... Which I think some people kind of do that, and they I love like happy art as well. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't resonate with me as like I I have friends who love like R and B and like mm-hmm. dance tunes, and that's like all they want to listen to. And I can't really get, hang with that because it's like that's kind of only maybe acknowledging the one side. Yeah, I feel that way about like movies. Really? Yeah, just like I don't know. Like I love like movies that are kind of the rom commy, like the feel goods yeah you know like I'm always a fan of those but like I if I had to like choose what I was going to watch at the end of time it would be like it would be like the broken stories mm-hmm. you know the dramas like the things that 
leave you kind of sitting like wondering like what you should be doing differently or like yeah yeah and I don't know like I I feel like there is sometimes in like a faith based community or a like a positivity based community there's like a desire to shun a lot of the the drama and a lot of like the darkness but totally I can't hang with that you know yeah I've always I've often thought about like when people talk about like the dark things being um, I'm putting air quotes I should say because people can't see that and the quote unquote dark things um, often get kind of lumped in with this like oh like those are like the bad things um, but then how do, how do people feel who are resonating with that or who you know yeah like ha- have a darker part of themselves that needs to live and exist yeah. you know um, how does it affect people who have like clinical depression um, you know those kinds of feelings right and I think uh, so I don't like scary movies and I was reading about the difference between there's like two types of people when it comes to scary movies um, and the first group which explains why they exist um, essentially watching scary movies I forget the exact science look it up and then tell me about it later <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it's basically like when you watch a scary movie your brain like you know emits a certain chemical that like is related to like fight or flight like um, kind of like heightened awareness those kinds of things and for one group of people um, releasing that chemical then they're able to like basically clear the system it breaks down stress helps them kind of reset and they can walk away from the film like feeling like actually relieved whoa it's like a catharsis then yeah exactly and then for the other group of people which is, is me um, it puts you in that state of fight or flight heightened and then there's no like release so you walk away from the film like heightened anxiety um, heightened stress um, you know I'm in your boat yeah. if it makes you feel any better <laughs> yeah. like I uh, I tried to watch Breaking Bad in college uh-huh. oh and I got God. I got through shows. like three episodes which you know Breaking Bad for people who haven't seen it it's like just a descent into madness and like mm-hmm. making the worst life decisions yep and I mean, it's supposedly it's like a masterpiece, but yeah. like I I watched like two episodes, and I think one of the episodes was, um, one of the characters goes to an addiction recovery program to find addicts to sell meth to, oh. and I just like walked away from it, and I was like, this is just feels gross. Like I just never like, and I I don't want to watch it. Like it was like a yeah. there's like this weighty like darkness to it that was almost like. I don't know. It made me feel horrible. Yeah. You know? No, I, I, yeah. And a lot of, like, really, really scary movies are the same way for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I, and it's not like I don't, it's not like I want to believe that those things don't exist in the world and, like, Mm -hmm. live in blissful ignorance, but it is, like, an experiential thing where I'm just, like, that does nothing for me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, like, and even if it is, like, a good scare or a good story, the lingering feeling is never going to be worth it because it's, like... I'm like I'm like not gonna sleep as good for the next like few days, you know. Yeah. And then randomly I'll be like walking around alone, and it'll come up and bother me, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the longest time, like until like honestly, like until like recently, the Thriller music video, the part where he turns into a werewolf. Yeah. And like it goes like it's like claymation practically. He gets mm-hmm. like big yellow slitty eyes and stuff. Yeah. That image like stuck in my mind and like would freak me out periodically. 
Dude, I can relate so hard to just... I'm, like, a super sensitive person. Mm-hmm. And I have a very conflicted relationship with, like, the, that fact about myself. But, like, for example, this isn't even a scary movie example, but uh, me and McCall have been watching this reality TV show, Love is Blind. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I think it's kind of... Everyone knows that love, reality, like, romance, reality TV is fake. Right? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. so scripted and... But, like, it just gets to me. And it's yeah. not like I crave the drama. It's like there's this one there's this one scene where um, this one character on the show, I wish I could remember his name, but the pressure's, it's escaping me. But he's, like, so, he just seems so sincere to me. Uh-huh. And, like, he talks about how he, like, his parents had this horrible divorce when he was a kid and so like he never like felt loved by them and he also he always felt insecure and then like there's this one scene where they're like kind of having a an argument and like he just like looks at his fiance and he's like i just want you to like i just want to be loved by you like she brings up a prenup she's like yeah i want there to be a prenup and she was like what would you want there to be in the prenup and he's like just that you'll love me <laughs> and like dude i we probably watched that episode like five days ago and i like can't get over it yeah it's like just hurts me to think about that and like i the other day i was like sitting on the subway like i almost cried because i was just thinking about that one scene and like how sad that made me yeah and like i get that it's all probably fake and that's like the thriller music video like that's obviously not real yeah but there's something just so like like things affect me you know? yeah so i feel like i do have to control my like input well, it's, it's good you recognize it. I think people want to tell themselves that they aren't affected, but we are. It's like, yeah. 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 And it's, I don't know, I think that, like, on the one hand, it's important to not be, like, we have to learn to survive in this world, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I can't just be sitting in my feelings all day long, or else, like, no money would come in and yeah. <laughs> I'd be like who knows where I'd be and so it's a again it's a balance but mm-hmm. things for sure affect me in art and but I don't know why like some sadness is really cathartic and some is not hmm. for me but yeah. like like My Chemical Romance I listen to that whole album and I like feel the feelings and then like I step away and it's like I'm like refreshed or something yeah you know no I've told I listened to it today yeah, I mentioned it. Yeah, it's like it's so strange. Yeah, I um, I really feel like My Chemical Romance, they were lumped into the, like the emo mm-hmm. genre, right? Because yeah. it's like when I don't can't remember when that record came out. It would have been two thousand six. Okay, yeah. So it was like peak peak emo, like zeitgeist. Like you had all those bands. Like you had like pop punk and emo, and that was like very mainstream. And I feel like because they're lumped into that group, they're, like, not taken as seriously or something. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they, if they were just, like, had they existed alongside, like, legendary rock bands in the 70s, they would have been, like, as iconic, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, I was telling my brother, um, I was like, you need to hit one of his favorite groups is Queen. Yeah. And I was like, you need to go listen to this album cover, like, you know, end to end, because it's like, it's like a, if Queen was, like brought back from the dead almost yeah um, and like did a, a different take you know it's it's it's, it's like because it's operatic you know there's so oh, much storytelling sure. it's it's amazing the guitars on welcome to the black parade are like so brian, oh, brian made from queen so good. yeah it's like 
this yeah. perfect like meshing of those two worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like um, Twenty One Pilots similar thing happened with uh, Blurry Face. I don't know if you're a big fan, but Blurry Face came out and they got super big from that. Yeah. And then they just kept doing what they've been doing, which is like they're like we like make music according to what we feel. And the next album was like completely different from Blurry Face. Mm-hmm. It was like pretty heavy, and and ever, all their friends were like what <laughs> yeah at least all the people who'd like joined with blurry face but they they have this crazy cult following because like their five albums now are all really different um and have like a pretty crazy variety mm-hmm. um but like people just yeah they're like oh they're like alternative mm-hmm. you know it's like mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean they're great i feel like they they're one of those bands that I, I'm like a bit of a tourist. Like I haven't listened to their whole discography and like mm-hmm. taken a deep dive. But I remember when I think the record that you're referencing is uh, it has like chlorine on it, right? Chlorine and jumpsuit. Is that the heavy yeah. one you're talking about? Mm-hmm. That's my favorite one. Oh really? Yeah. And I I didn't like dislike Blurry Face, but I was like, okay, this is like fun. I dig this. Yeah. But then um, I think I became like interested with that next record mm-hmm. which i think is is awesome like i my introduction to everything rock music was the beatles and like mm-hmm. no one changed more from record to record than the beatles or song to song for that matter yeah you know yeah they're a fascinating group to like look at and so i'm all for that but i know that some people want the like i don't know what who would be the the artist that represents just kind of rinsing and repeating like Train? from record to record Maroon 5 yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah the, mon- the Money Boys right um, yeah and like I don't know there, there are also bands like the Grateful Dead where it's like they're just a jam band and they have their yeah, vibe and they stick true. to that and I'm not trying to like split hairs when it comes to like what bands are doing but like um I don't know I've definitely always been further gravitated towards bands that switch it up you know or yeah. like artists who switch it up and yeah. it's always kind of funny to me when people like fault an artist for they're like why aren't they doing the thing that i like them doing and it's like yeah well, like, <laughs> Do the thing. you're pretty important yeah you think you're pretty important you yeah know, whatever um what else you've been listening to lately um mostly that honestly <laughs> i'm trying to think i mean like i i always like go back to um, like the Lumineers it's like they're one of those bands that like years ago my sister was like you need to listen to more of their music and I was like okay and then I forgot and never did mm-hmm. and I had only heard Hohei like, yeah only Hohei which is so funny because Hohei's like fine but it's like it's just like it's fine it's mm-hmm. a fine song but then they are such masterful teller or storytellers with the rest of their music mm-hmm. um, and it's like I'd like, you know, now I've gone through and I've listened to every single one of their songs, and I, I, I genuinely like all of their music. It's one of those yeah. weird things. They're one of those groups that's like them and Bleachers. Um, the Killers were that way for a while. I'm not as much a fan of their more recent stuff. He's, like, leaned more into, like, his Bruce Springsteen side, yeah. which is cool. It's just, like, I'm not as into it. It's not your jam. Um, but... The Lumineers, I feel like... So I... What's the record with all the... Um, like references to tragedy, like Shakespearean tragedy. Cleopatra. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite. Oh yeah. Like that, that was the record with for them where because I heard Hohe on the radio and I was like, okay, they're doing like the pop folk thing that mm-hmm. everyone's doing. Yep. So I think I like wrote them off a little bit and then I heard Cleopatra and I was like, no, this is like 
this is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's good to its core. Yeah, no, like. it's, that song, too, yeah. I don't know if you know the story, but supposedly they got that story from an actual taxi driver that they were, like, getting a ride from, and they were like, you can't make that up, you know? And they put yeah. it in a song. Like, That's so rad. Like, now that. I drive a taxi, and the strangers in my backseat remind me of you. Yeah. And traffic distracts me, and strangers in the backseat remind me of you. Yeah. And their album that came after Cleopatra is one called... I think it's just called Three. Okay. Um, and the album cover, it's like it's like a tan album cover, and then it's like three like Roman numerals. Mm-hmm. But if you like look at it closely, you can actually see there's three people behind each of the letters. Oh, cool. Um, and it's uh, the the three is like represent like three people in like their lives who had like suffered from like intense addictions. Whoa. Okay. And one was like lead singer's mom almost like an aunt and like yada yada so like there's a couple of like just like hard stories about like addictions like kind of ruining people's lives and, and specifically the relationships mm-hmm. but then the rest of the album is just it deals with that like addiction how like an addiction affects people around you like all that kind of stuff and knowing that context the album is like really really good so yeah now powerful. I want to listen I've never listened to it yeah go listen to maybe it maybe I would have heard like a radio single or something um, but um, yeah, I'm trying to think what's the there's one on there that's like Gloria is, okay. is one that's kind of uh, sounds familiar da- Gloria da, 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 that one yeah I think I've heard that one um, I feel like that's the most popular one on that album but yeah go listen to that very good yeah what's your like what's the what are the the tracks you're enjoying lately, lately? Um, let's see what have I been listening to I feel like I, like last year and a little bit of this year, I kind of like dove back into a lot of punk rock, like mm-hmm. old school punk rock, like yeah. Dead Kennedys and uh, Bad Brains and stuff like that. Um, cool band really, names that I honestly haven't heard of. Yeah, I mean, they're <laughs> older bands that like haven't done anything in years, and so it was kind of like, I had a phase of middle school where I was like obsessed with punk rock, yeah. and I still am, and it like influences my music, but I was listening to a lot of... Before then, I was listening to a lot of like Kendrick Lamar and like pop, a lot of pop music. Mm-hmm. Lately, I've been listening to I don't know if you ever heard of Turnstile. Okay, I think I have a song by Turnstile. They're like a hardcore punk band, uh-huh. but they're like super. There's like no darkness in it at all. I love that. Like it's like one of those bands where I feel like everything they're doing is just like a celebration, and it's like super bright and like very, just like super energetic. And they have this record called Glow On that is like maybe my favorite record of like the past five years whoa it's super on. good okay. and so I would recommend that um, I tried the new Taylor Swift couldn't hang didn't dig same. it same not into it but you're Love a Bleachers folklore. fan huge Bleachers fan I was very disappointed because I, okay. I have I have high expectations for Jack mm. who wrote a lot of her new album so did you feel like it was like Bleachers light is that why you didn't like it or did you what, what no, was it I just feel like it was it was like the same song I feel okay. like the whole album was the same Taylor Swift song. Yeah. And I, I I go back and forth. I feel like every other album, Taylor does this thing where she's, like, doing, like, her, like, I'm just, like, treating myself and, like, I'm just like a destructive bitch. And it's, like, <laughs> okay, yeah. whatever, Taylor. And then her next album, she's, like, you people come at me and, like, I'm just trying to, like, live my life. And we're all, like, whoa. She just got <laughs> so real. And then she goes back to the other thing. And, like, and every time I'm, like... Dude, like, make up your mind, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> because the, like, the, like, 
I'm just gonna like do what I want and like huh. I'm gonna shake it off I'm gonna sh- yeah. I'm just like huh gets like it just gets old it's like you know like that's all that's all any of us are doing okay and like you being like famous and having like a lot of like people who are like really into you like doesn't make it like more interesting that you said that yeah you know if anything it diminishes the fact that like the rest of us are like doing that it's like you're like wow like isn't it cool that I just like said this and you're like this is like literally our lives dude like get over yourself you know yeah my sister that's a great point great point 15 and very Swift would die if she heard me saying this hopefully she doesn't listen to this but and for the record some I love some of the Taylor Swift stuff like 1989 dude I I can play that front to back and dig it so I'm a huge fan like well like the Folklore album I love Folklore that's like Mm -hmm. one where I can listen to the whole album Um, and like Red randomly I just was into Red because my little brother was into Red and uh, I haven't listened to Red really it's like or maybe I have I can't yeah I, I feel like if if Red went through a different producer I feel like Red would be like fire okay got it because I think storytelling wise I think writing wise it's really good sometimes it just falls kind of flat yeah um, but it was one of those albums where I like I would mow the lawns right and that was like my thing yeah and uh, and you know it's one of those things where it's like if you let go it would turn off so I and I big lawns to mow so I would I would usually I started by doing playlists, and then I got tired of making playlists, and I liked listening to albums all the way through, and so once I'd listened to all of my, like, albums that I liked to listen to all the way through, like, a dozen times, I was like, I'm just gonna, like, start picking albums and listen to them all the way through, this weird attempt to be, like, a purist. Yeah. Um, and my little brother was really into Taylor Swift, he was really into Red, and I was like, okay, I gotta listen to Red all the way through. Um, and, you know, this is back when I was like, I was like, I had free access to it because of family sharing on iTunes. And he had paid for the album. You know, it wasn't like I could just pick anything to listen to. So yeah. I was like, yeah, when I'm, I'm listening I remember to those days. So I, I listened to, that's the, the reason I listened to all, you know, front to back was because of mowing lawn. I was like, I couldn't even like skip songs. Mm-hmm. And my little earbuds. I love that. I love that, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then it was like, no, it's actually decent, you know? Yeah. And I listened to it again, like a month later. And it was like, yeah, no, okay. So not like the whole album nowadays, but there's a couple that I, I know. But yeah, anyways, all that so, to yeah, say... So that, yeah, that's all to say that, like, I'm, I guess it's a little bit of a... What's the word? It's a little bit of a disclaimer. Because, yeah, like, I feel like hating on pop artists is low-hanging fruit. I really do like some yeah. of Taylor Swift stuff. But, like, whenever she returns to the, like, her beef with Kanye West, or, like, this album's talking about, like, how all this karma is, like, coming back to, to help her because of how wrong she's been. I'm like, you are literally, like... <laughs> You need no karma. Yeah. Like you, yeah. She You're doing paid $40,000 a month for an apartment in Tribeca while she was writing folklore. Like, yeah. And I get that money, again, money's not everything. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I want to listen to a record about the human experience, like that Lumineers record where it's talking about like addiction and yeah. what we're going through and resonate with it. I don't want to yeah. listen to like a, a sob story album about. But yeah. then I, I feel weird though because then I think that and I'm like, oh, well, then I'm just diminishing her experiences and saying that she can't yeah. have bad experiences because. Yeah. She's famous, which also feels wrong. And yeah. so then I just get into this spiral, and then I just don't want to listen to it. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Well, I feel it's like, because it, it's it's not that there's anything wrong with those experiences. It's that she keeps hashing out the same experience, and it's like... Maybe that's what it is. How long yeah. can you be, like, a heartbroken high schooler, you know? like, And folklore, for me, she was touching on, like, experiences that began to feel a little bit more interesting, you mm-hmm. know? Like, that's one of the reasons I love Bleachers. I feel like... Almost no, almost none of the Bleacher songs that I can think of are like clearly about like a very like typical like romantic romance. Yeah, there's a couple that talk about like um, like the thrill of like being in a relationship or like the like 
ebb and flow or like but like they're if they are like one of my favorite ones um talks about like like the lyric is like if you're lonely wake me um and it's like i'd rather be sad with you than with any other girl with you and it's talking about like being in a relationship with someone who struggles with depression Mm -hmm. and like how it's like no like i that's like like dealing with that and like what it means and and you know it's not like a clear clean like this is how the story started this is the middle and this is the end it's just kind of like an opening up on like here's a little bit of experience for three and a half minutes cool we're done yeah you know i love songs like that or i just love art like that where it's more of like a it's more of a snapshot than it is like telling me how i should feel about it yes you know what i mean yes i I hate being i hate being like which I don't know when I feel like I'm being fed a narrative through something I, can, I feel like some red flags go off whereas yeah. I feel like someone just opens it up and they're like hey this is kind of like what this is and I'm not going to unpack it for you yeah well like you know? if you want someone to understand a perspective that's different from their own um, they can't know that they're being exposed to it right because like are you familiar with psychological reactants maybe but not that phrase I don't it's, know. it's just that like our minds are set up to when new information comes in that we recognize as being new, mm-hmm. um, our, our natural instinct is to challenge it. And Interesting. So, okay. Like, and, and it takes a conscious effort to not challenge new information, right? Okay, word. Um, and le- and, but so if inf- information comes in and it aligns with a narrative that you're like already good, it's like, cool, you affirm, you interact with that, right? But like, I mean, that, and that's like teenagers, like all these things issues with like communication yada 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 yeah. I mean like different sides of the political spectrum like there's just this thing if you tell someone that something they're doing is incorrect or you imply based on how correct the information you're saying is that the information they have is then incorrect you know self defense psychological reactions kicks in and pushes back so that kind of storytelling where you say hey we're not trying to say that you're wrong or that we're right we're just saying this is a thing yeah, that's interesting. I never. And you can think about it if you want, and then it's like, oh, and, and then you can approach it from this place of you know being open and interested. Yeah, and it like opens your mind to it without you needing to be defensive. Yeah, I learned yeah. something new today. That's awesome. Amazing. Because yeah, I love I love art like that where it just it just kind of like lays something in front of you, and it's like, hey, you know, yeah. do you want this? Like, yeah. come check it out, and if not, like, it is what it is. You know. Are there any outside of me? We talked a lot about music. Are there any other? pieces of art you can think of that like really done that for you or that the experiences you had movies or physical art or it's dancing good. I'm trying to think other forms of art yeah I don't know drawing. I feel like um I really get a lot from people like part of the reason why I started a podcast mm-hmm. is because I get a lot from listening to people share their experiences and to me that's a very that's like a form of art because i don't know what art even is yeah that's the beauty of it right (laughs) um and like it's funny because i'll go back and forth with my brother who he like hates podcasts because he loves books he's like no this is something where you've been it's like been researched and like vetted and and, which i totally understand like there's a lot of like disinformation that gets filtered out into the world because of podcasts because it's literally like like, look at us. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. like, talking about nothing. Yeah. Which is one of the biggest criticisms of it. And, like, I see that. But what I love is, like, getting a, a snapshot of a person that's, like, totally unfiltered and they're just being themselves. Yeah. And, like, I love that. Like, that's one of my favorite things. Like, I love being with people and seeing them, like, be free and just, like, experiencing what they want to experience. Like, 
I love that about kids because they're usually not posturing at all. They're just like existing. And so I feel like um, over the last few years, I've gotten a lot from podcasts. Yeah. And it's not even like I want this person to tell me how to feel or to believe or like I want them to be like a, some sort of a thought leader. It's like I just want to have like I want to see what Kanye West is like when he pops on a podcast and, and talks. And like, yeah, like you can criticize that guy. Mm-hmm. And like I, I have criticized him. But like. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just an art to, like, expressing yourself. Not that I in any way endorse being anti-Semitic or expressing, like, horrible things. But I, I love, like, that unfiltered artistic experience, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. dude, this is, like, the my least favorite way to end a podcast, but I do have to leave in, like, a few minutes. Oh, no, you're good. So, we should definitely do this again, though. Yeah. Because this is super yeah. fun. I feel like we're, like, just just barely delving into, like the wealth of your mind and all the things that you, <laughs> you can like pontificate about so i'd love to do it again what a sometime. great word pontificate thank I you to learn how to use that one i looked it up before this to sound smart nice just, just kidding well, you nailed it you sound very smart <laughs> thank you um do you have anything you want to plug i guess we're plugging your mom's podcast yeah i don't know i i did i tell you about the podcast that i thought about starting Yes, the men in the kitchen one. Yeah, but I I still don't think it would. I don't know how it would ever work because it's I could see just, it it's just men mansplaining to themselves feminism. how feminism works, which I think would be really funny, but it might also be like pretty upsetting to a lot of actual women and could be problematic. I don't know. I'm gonna keep thinking on it, but okay, I think you should do it. Okay, I think it's a really good idea, and I think if people get upset, it'll cause a dialogue that'll clarify things. That's you know it, I mean? that's it's a good point. Not that you should make art just for it to be like reacted to, but. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that all we're ever doing all the time is just reacting to things? Pretty much. I'm working on being less reactive. It's a good thing to work on. Dad, if you're listening, I'm working on myself. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no, this has been so fun, though, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for um, having me. Truly an honor. And uh, when you decide to start your podcast, we'll, we'll promote it on here. Okay. For I'll sure. have you on. Yeah, you, I, are, you are a man. So I am a man, and I'm very uneducated on feminism. If I'm being honest. <laughs> That's good. So like, good. All right. Thanks for everyone listening. Have a good night. Talcast.